Pacheco. We we need to keep going. If we stop, he will kill us. I can't. Oh god. I can't anymore. Pacheco, look oh. out! Ah! into a corner, you little wannabe critic. Well, you and your friend will serve as a good reminder to any other critic who tries to downplay the writing of Stephen King. Look, Stephen, I know you're upset, but not everyone can be both a good filmmaker and a good writer. Maybe you're right, but you won't be around to find out. episode of Critically Optimistic. I'm your host, Mac, and joining me as always is Jenko. Say hello, Jenko. Hello. How are you all doing? Uh, Jenko's got COVID at the moment. Yes, unfortunately. Um, <clears throat> I don't recommend it to anyone, but um, luckily I, luckily, it's not been as bad as I had hoped it to be. Uh, <clears throat> I'm slowly getting on the better end, but from what I've heard from COVID is that once you have it, you still have some effects a long time afterwards. Uh, but mostly I'm just very tired and fatigued, but, but I'm, I'm have enough energy to do this. (laughs) I, the only reason I brought it up is because, uh, anyone listening will definitely hear that you're not well. Um, and I oh, don't yeah. want people to think that we're constantly sick and malnourished little <laughs> <laughs> critics. That's a because very fair statement. <laughs> we always seem to be sick every time we record. So I know. I'm yeah. fine. I don't have COVID. <laughs> but, um, hopefully you'll never get it. Hopefully. I, I hope so, but who knows. Anyways, let's talk about what we're doing today. Um, we're we're going to get more into the double feature Actually, let's talk about what we're doing today now. So yep. today we're doing a really awesome double feature we've had for planned for a long time, which is Killer Cars, a uh, simple title. But there's a really good connection between the two. You're going to find out what that is pretty shortly. And I'll tell you what the movies are. It's Christine and Maximum Overdrive. And if you can guess what the connection is between those two movies, then good job because it's not... Very hard to understand what the connection is then. <laughs> but um, if you're still not sure, we'll we'll get to it uh, when we get to it, which is later, probably when we talk about Maximum Overdrive. But before oh, yes. all that, let's do a little bit of news like we always do. So yeah. what is new with you? I know we've got the new show that just came out this month. That's right. Yeah, it's, yeah that's right. And it uh, came out... Uh the 8th of march uh, yep. and um yeah no uh very happy with our new show also yet again we need to really thank our theme song we had on that first episode yeah um <clears throat> but uh yeah no other other than having covid um i haven't really done much uh, that um that is noteworthy good for new yeah, that's noteworthy. I've just been trying to watch movies as I've 
had energy, but haven't really watched too much. Um, yeah, as my usual track record does. But <laughs> but yeah. seeing as uh, seeing as we're in a war t- war scenario. Oh yeah, I've tried. I've tried to watch a lot of uh, like Atomic Fear movies, so that's been fun. Like uh, like uh, yeah, I wasn't gonna say anything. Oh, uh, but you brought it up. Well, I, it's just not. I, I don't put two and two together with the podcast. But we will say that um, both Janko and I uh, feel for the current uh, political situation going on right now, um, and what Russia is doing to the Ukraine is not right, and it's never no. going to be right. And no country ever doing something like that is in the right. Um, That's right. It's really not something we need in this day of age. No, it's not. Uh, it's not something that the world ever needed, um, especially mm. now. Uh, so, official statement from Critically Optimistic. We're in support of the Ukraine, and we hope that no one else has to senselessly lose <clears throat> their life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, Anyways, uh, news with me is I started my next semester of school. I haven't really been able right. to watch many movies, and Elden Ring came out, so... Oh, I've yeah. <laughs> been playing that when I can because I like Dark Souls games, and uh, yeah, to, I've been having to get good after all. <laughs> Honestly, the game's not been that bad for me. I've been loving every second of it when I can, when I can play it. But I've been I have been studying a lot. My uh, current semester I'm in right now has been throwing a really heavy book at my face, and I've oh. I've had to study a lot, yeah, a lot, a lot. It is tough, especially when. I, I also do want to watch movies and the Oscars are coming up and I still have a couple more Oscar films to finish oh, and I just right, haven't done yeah. that. Yeah. Me as well. I've, uh, yeah, I you're, probably... you're slacking. Let just yeah. say that. <laughs> <laughs> I That's right. I still have like, what, eight movies to go through. <laughs> you have a lot of movies to go through. Not to mention the Oscars are like in what? Three weeks away, basically. Oh yeah. I can still do it though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, slack. Anyways, uh, but that's that's our news. Um, we probably just gonna go into our film now uh, yeah, because nice. we want to talk about this. Janko and I've been really excited about talking about this. But yeah, all right, take it away, Janko. We're starting it off with Christine. She is seductive. She is passionate. She is possessive. She is pure. Evil. She is Christine. A 1958 Plymouth Fury. Possessed by hell. Premise goes, a geeky student, Arnie Cunningham, uh, he falls for uh, a rusty 1958 Plymouth Plymouth Fury that he calls Christine, a very beautiful red uh, Cadillac, basically, and becomes obsessed with restoring the classic automobile to her former glory. But it turns out that the car is some some possessed entity that is actually a demonic evil car. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's. Probably the best way to describe this movie uh, because it's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, 
To no surprise uh, from any of our listeners, Janko loves this movie more than anything in the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it is. Um, not only is it my favorite John Carpenter film, it, it is also my number three favorite movie of all time. So, I, too, like Christine quite a bit. Quite a bit. It's, a, it's a good movie. And out of the John Carpenter list, yeah, I'd, I'd put it up there. Yeah. For sure. Happy to hear that. But I don't know when we get to their final score. I don't know if you're going to be completely happy with me, but maybe you will. I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is payback from uh, Licorice Pizza. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> maybe this will be a very similar conversation, except roll reversed. Nah, probably won't. <laughs> like, um, but but yeah, no. Um, this movie has a very simple simple story uh, as. Stephen King has any story, but what gives this movie many charm is that it's in fact directed by John Carpenter, and he has competence enough to actually adapt a Stephen King story in a good way. And uh, it's just there's just so much John Carpenterism in this movie that it's well worth putting it beside like The Thing or uh, Escape from New York, where it's just iconic and classy and one of the coolest movies from the '80s. I especially have a huge connection with this film, uh, mostly because during my childhood, I watched this movie like randomly sometime on television. And just remembering that car, uh, the sound it makes and the music, it just fits so well together and just loved it ever since. Mm. Yeah, that's one of the things I've walked away with the film as well, too. Not meaning to cut you off, Mm. but the way before any of this Transformers films... Uh, before Bumblebee, the way Christine talked was through the radio. And yeah. that's such a cool gimmick for... Oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't... I guess it wouldn't have been created <laughs> by John Carpenter, but it would have been Stephen King who wrote that in. But the thing is, it's it works really well, both as like... This is how a car would talk, if a car could talk, but oh, also... Absolutely. In a film atmosphere, there's a crypticness to it as well as playfulness to it. Because you hear the song, but you listen to the words and you you can get the double meaning. You you know, like there's mm. the, the meaning behind what you hear in the song and the bubbliness of like those old rock tunes. And then you also get the words that Christine is trying to get out. And, then, you yeah, know, it's a little no. bit more sinister. Yeah, it's also very clever the way they use the music because the music that plays almost resembles what Christine is feeling at the time. For instance, that one scene when they're trying to, when uh, that gang uh, is trying to smash the car and then you can't keep on knocking, but you can't, can't come keep in. On knock. Yeah, yeah, you can come in, plays on the radio, and that's like perfect. And like you can also sense the jealousy uh, when Arnie. Um, <clears throat> becomes uh gets into a relationship with uh with that girl yeah and, uh, well should we talk about the plot a little bit the whole story revolves around uh arnie and he right. starts off as the biggest nerdy kid that you could probably think of but he has the benefit of being friends with dennis okay. uh and yeah, he's popular the- fo- a popular football student basically yeah more or less but he's got a good head on him and he's not a total jock and he understands yeah, that it's like oh, that's right yeah he understands that his best friend doesn't fit in the same class category as he does in school but he like uh 
besides all that, he he ignores it and decides to be friends still with this um with this total nerd. But <laughs> oh, yeah, but he's a, he's a real pushover <laughs> at the start. Yeah, he is a real pushover at the start. Um, but also the language they use, it is very raunchy and horny for um for an 80s film. Yeah, I was going to I was going to talk about that as well. There's a lot of dialogue in this film that is just kind of like <laughs> You think it's going to redeem itself somewhere in the plot? You're like, oh, well, maybe they're yeah. coming to something, and it never really does. And there's also the term shitter that gets yeah. used a lot. A toast. Death to the shitters of the world in 1979. Yeah, I like that. That, that movie makes shitter a legitimate insult. <laughs> to the shitters what of are, the world. <laughs> what are you, shitter? <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird line, yeah. but hey, they tried. They tried their hardest to make that work. Yeah, yeah. So, so Arnie is is basically this unpopular kid. He gets picked on quite easily. Is a pushover. Gets in a, in a scuffle with with like a school gang. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, just a really really dangerous student buddy yeah buddy repperton that's right mm-hmm. like, yeah it's like sexy sideburns and like a almost a big afro and uh, well let's let's talk about that right now really really quick is the fact that arnie yeah i believe he's a high school student dennis uh, he looks like maybe he graduated a couple of years ago. <laughs> Buddy? Well, okay, that's yeah. just a full-on adult. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the problem with these college movies is that... Uh, is it a, is it a problem, school. though? Yeah, they're in high school. But is it a problem, though? Because you could also argue that Buddy's character mm. has just failed countless oh, grades. And yeah, he's just he's been held back. After all. Yeah, mm-hmm. He is a delinquent. Like, like yeah, like it, it it it's a perfect metaphor to show that he is more he's mentally just, unstable, probably. So that shows he's. Well, I don't know if we want to say that people who are left behind in grades are mentally unstable, but <laughs> <laughs> we we could say that uh, he just doesn't give a flying rat's ass about school, and he's. Oh, but yeah. because of these choices, he's probably been left behind a couple couple grades. Um, oh yeah. I never usually have a problem with actors' ages in uh, high schools. Like, if they're, a, a, like, 25 or something like that, and they're trying to play a high school mm. student, most of the time they can pull it off. Uh, I know some other people don't like it as well uh, if they look, like, way older. But to me, yeah. I, don't, I don't care too much. unless As long as they really don't look like a senior citizen, then it's fine for me. Yeah, that's right. Um, I I agree. I agree too to that because many times, like uh, just having an appropriate aged actor for the role, it, it just it becomes shit. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, no, better to oh, what's the word? Like do a create a difference than doing it accurately. Um, and so for, for this for this case, it works. Uh, yeah, like I like I I, I love buddy repertons gang like they're a bunch of assholes and (laughs) (laughs) like uh, calling him like cuntingham and (laughs) and the way the way buddy acts too is just so weird like he's like i'll fix you i'll fix you good and then he's just like slams into (laughs) a wall like 
Oh, what is he gonna? What is he gonna do? His move next? <laughs> He's always angry, which yeah works really well for the character. But I feel kind of sorry for him. His parents yeah. probably beat That's him or true. something like that. Yeah, he has very an iconic look though with his sideburns. I love his sideburns. <laughs> it just looks so eighties. Um, <laughs> um, so, well, yeah, uh, let's let's say that uh, to speed it up, Arnie hmm. sees a really busted up. Uh, vehicle. What's the model of the vehicle again? Uh, it's a 90... 50, 58 Plymouth. 58 uh, Plymouth, that's Plymouth. right. So he sees that basically I don't know, beyond repair, and mm. he wants to buy it. Um, his friend Dennis advises him not to, but he goes ahead with it because he feels a connection with the car, and then the plot really starts to roll and um, that's when Christine basically takes her grasp onto uh, Arnie and transforms yeah. him into a different person. I don't really want to go too much into the plot because I really want no. to talk about one of my favorite things in Christine is Arnie's transformation in the film. Yeah, that is absolutely one of the better best moments of this film because he, uh, yeah, no, he just turns into this, this scary possessed being uh, d- uh, during the progression of this film and that well he changes why. there's things because so, he changes so like arnie starts off as a nerd who's kicked around he doesn't listen to anyone's uh he doesn't listen to his own advice only everybody else's he doesn't have his own opinion um and then it changes to he he gets christine and he starts to be more self-assured and yeah there's good traits that happen oh, to yeah. him and then the bad, like those those traits kind of uh, get amplified even more where it's just he doesn't listen to anyone else but himself. And yeah, he... it's almost it's almost like he has an addiction on Christine, almost like a recovering addict almost. And mm-hmm. There is a scene when uh, when Arnie and uh, the Dennis are riding in the car. It's just completely in green tint and you can just see like a very sick, pale complexion on, yeah uh, arnie and uh, yeah that's I love that scene uh, a lot. around that's around the closer to the end of the film and that's how i remember because you could think of that moment of arnie when he looks like that and then you think about when you first saw him and you're like man mm. this is not the same guy um yeah. the fact that john carpenter can find someone to do that so well not saying that other actors couldn't but uh mm. keith gordon good on you like you he, he did a good yeah. job he did a really good job. And I, I wouldn't want anyone else in that role because I, I really no, loved yeah. his performance in it. Yeah, it's it's perfect uh, for this story. It, it is uh, it is amazingly perfect. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a shame that Keith Gordon didn't act in much. Now he's mostly just a director for... Mm-hmm. I, I think he, he does directed, he uh, does television stuff too. Uh, oh, Keith Gordon. okay. Yeah. I believe he directed the second and third season of uh, Fargo, actually. Oh, Oh really? Oh, I love Fargo. So, <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> I, I really like that show. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, the anything else you want to say about the uh, characters, or because we, um, we've we're, well, we're kind of glancing over everybody else other than Arnie, because right. we, well, we've got others. The, well, like in the middle of the film, we get introduced to Harry Dean Stanton, which is uh, uh, you could call a Carpenter alumni. Uh, because, mm. uh, but he's he's always great in every movie I've seen him in. He he, he like he he plays a very 
very snarky, arrogant uh, detective uh, who at times doesn't really seem to care that much. Uh, like uh, after the aftermath, he says a comment like, well, sometimes you just can't help things and other times you just can't help a person. That's just the way yeah. it is. Um, but but I think he he does well. Like he's cool. He's... Um, but he isn't really that important to the story. Like he just comes in. No, he's after he's just the stuff. pressure. He's just a pressure yeah. point to the plot, which he, I I have no complaint with his character either. I I think no. he does a good job for what what, what he's got. Um, yeah. Well, let's talk about the fact that this whole film is scored, obviously, by John Carpenter. Yeah, that's that that's one of the things I love about John Carpenter is he making his own music to his films, and it it just fits so well with the scene construction um it, it starts off with like small hints like uh synthesized music uh, mm-hmm. and like once things finally start happening uh the, that infamous moochie chase uh it just uh goes up a whole another level and uh, i just love that 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 scene progression so much when moochie is just standing standing there near a parking lot and like Christine is almost stalking him uh, with like uh, I don't remember what song was playing in the background, but it was a very doo wop song. Yeah, and it just it just builds up to his infamous Christine theme, uh, that that chase scene, and uh, yeah, I, I love that so much. The way Carpenter uses synths in his film is is very impressive, and it it is basic, uh, sure, but it it just works it works works for what the film especially this one too because you have the soundtrack of the old uh 50s styled rock Mm. music um and then you you go into the more like because it's i believe it's still the 1980s or 70s in the film it actually says late 70s or something right yeah that's right that's right either way (laughs) the the transition before between that soundtrack and the score made by John Carpenter is is really nice and refreshing. I wouldn't say it's like astoundingly good, but no, it's no, it's a no. it's good enough where you, it's it's like a fingerprint statement on the on the mm-hmm. not a, not a fingerprint statement, but it, it's it's a fingerprint on John Carpenter's movies. Like you know, you're in a John Carpenter movie mm-hmm. when you hear that sort of score. Oh yeah, absolutely. Another uh, scene I love with with his music is uh, when Christine gets uh, demolished and uh, Arnie is really depressed about it. And uh, he says something like, uh, if you could rebuild yourself, I would give everything. And then he says, show me. And then Christine builds up again and that the music plays again and yeah that that's all, that also works really well how did you and, uh, you know we've been we've been saying like all this great stuff about christine and there's still more actually i do want to say but i gotta ask is there stuff you don't like about the movie uh there are there are a couple of things uh like i'll, I'll uh, get to mine later but i'd like to know from you yeah if there's if there's um, things like not as much as like I, I'm. I'm not saying that this movie is perfect by any means, but mm-hmm. I've, it's just so very nostalgic for me that I don't find any issues with most things. But but I I feel that that Richard Dean Stanton is shoehorned a bit late into the story. Uh, I also feel that the actor who plays his mother uh, is not a good actress. But I think maybe that's. 
I don't know. Uh, I think maybe that's how Stephen King writes parents, apparently. Um, yeah, um, well, we we could talk about that as well, too, which is the also, fact that... Also, like, the, the language sometimes is just a bit too, I don't know, too childish, at least at the beginning. Uh, yeah, it is. That's one of my biggest complaints about the mm. film is there's no redemption for the sort of language that's being spoken. And I'm not sure if it yeah. was like that in the uh, the book, but it, it's a little bit like, eh, mm. uh, <laughs> it just, it doesn't translate <laughs> well to today. And I'm not saying that I'm a PC sort of person. It's just, no, uh, yeah. Um, there, there are a couple times where you're just like, eh, okay. <laughs> with some of the lines he's just like yeah yeah no i absolutely agree on that uh but <clears throat> but taking that away um there isn't actually much i i i find complaints with this film but just that i acknowledge them but they don't bother me as much um, okay well, that's good to uh, know i'm i'm glad that the fact that you were once run down by a possessed car doesn't deter you from this film either <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> i like how you had to look at the serious expression on my face to know that i was <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah i think we should probably talk about the biggest thing is the fact that so this is made by john carpenter but it was the it was written it's an adaptation from uh stephen king's christine i've never read the book have you no i, have, I haven't either no, so I, we, we, we can't compare it too much, um, but we can compare it with the next film uh, oh. that we've got coming up later. But for now, let's talk about, because uh, Christine, we could talk about the fact, so Christine obviously is an evil car that's going to kill you and try to mm -hmm. kill you. Um, it doesn't try to kill Arnie because it feels the love, like it feels the love that Arnie has for the car. And I think that's right. the main takeaway you can even get with the very beginning of, of the film is that if you don't have any love for Christine, then Christine definitely doesn't have any love for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, this is basically um, <clears throat> this is basically a slasher on wheels. I mean, like, you yeah, know, Christine is as fierce as Michael Myers because you don't want to get on Christine's bad side. And uh, honestly, I would I would have loved a bit more more uh, like mayhem and destruction from christine um, yeah there is a little bit of a lack of that i wouldn't yeah. i wouldn't say that's my biggest or, or that would uh that it's a complaint of mine i i would i i think i would also say i wouldn't mind one or two of them but yeah or also like uh, it wouldn't have bothered me either if they put those two scenes christine is doing a rampage in the same scene together because uh, I noticed that Mucci's death happens then he meets Richard Dean Stanton and then right after that uh, the second kill happens with Buddy Rapperton and the gang and like, mm -hmm. that could just been one single single scene uh, uh, just it, it would have it would have uh, progressed a lot better um, I think um, but the way the way the movie showcases Christine is um, is, is is beautiful. Like uh, well, the movie does a fantastic job of making me actually want that car. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> like, <me too. laughs> it is. It is one of my dream cars. Alongside it is a, uh, it is a sexy car. I love yeah. the look of that car. Yeah, it's a really yeah, nice it, car. It looks so good, but also I like also love the fact that it the movie showcases its beauty, uh, like the way Christine just looks like uh, from the first moment when when it's completely run down and. And you sense a sort of uh, innocence, like a calmness to it. Uh, and then, like once it it's fully shined, like it it's oh it's it's it shines so well, and mm. plays those songs for Arnie. And like it's one, it's a weird, complicated relationship. But but I, <laughs> I, I like I like the way that it, that it, it showcases Christine first as something very innocent. But it just becomes more uh, ominent because Christine gets yeah. jealous of uh, of his girlfriend. And I know, and, I know what you're trying to say. You're trying mm-hmm. to say, Arnie, why didn't you just fuck the car? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> why didn't he? <laughs> I mean, he clearly wanted to. <laughs> but you know what? If this was made by Cronenberg. Oh, oh yeah, like <laughs> oh, that, that would have definitely happened. Like. Crash 2.0. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's talk about the end so that way we can get to the trivia yeah. and then we'll talk about our rating. But I want to talk about the end of Christine because actually that's a lot of my problem is with the end of this film. It feels okay. a little, I wouldn't say rushed, but the time you get to spend with Arnie and his relationship with the car mm. only to have him thrown out of the windshield and die in yeah. like a matter yeah. of a minute or less just seems really anticlimactic in my eyes especially for arnie's point of view and i'm not sure if it was written like that in the book but it's just Mm. i don't know it it put a really sour taste in my mouth that i don't think i'll ever look past or come to appreciate i don't yeah i i really did not like that choice i just found it too quick no, I, I agree. I, I feel it is also very abrupt. Uh, but one thing I do love with him being tossed out of the car is him reaching out to the hood of Christine and like, uh, but I, I thought you loved me. And like, and I don't know, there, there's some sadness music to it. So I guess Christine felt remorse. I don't know. Probably not. She did. She did uh, enough to like play that song and stuff. It wasn't enough for me. Yeah. Like I, there was no. a bit of that and you're like, oh, that's okay. But I, like if there was a, a monologue or something that uh, he could have gave at the end, I think would have made up for it. But there's just none of that. Uh, the other thing too is as much as, so one of the things I actually love about the movie is there's some great, practical effects that are being done with reversals Mm. of uh, the film and uh, the destruction and reconstruction of uh, Christine, which I I absolutely love. And then the fact that a lot of the car stunts in this film, like when Christine's on total fire, that's, Mm. it's such a great thing to see on film and that you wouldn't ever, if you saw that today on film, it would all be CGI. And the fact that this wasn't, it's, it's really cool. Like, there's no other way to say, uh, talk about this stuff other than just saying it's cool. Like, it's really yeah, cool. Uh, and, like, it also shows Christine being this demonic presence. It, yeah, it is really good. The same but, with, like, well, I was going to say to my disappointment, though, 
the ending doesn't really showcase that stuff. It showcases no, it a no. bit it, when Christine is getting crushed a little bit, yeah, um, which oh, is yeah. fun. But I just I find I find the two like uh, the bulldozer and the fight the bulldozer against Christine is just it's so the bulldozer is so slow and you're just like yeah. okay it didn't feel like it was at the same energy as the film mm-hmm. what was going on inside of uh, what we were seeing it just didn't yeah. feel like it was on the same energy length there and it I don't know for me the, like this film tracks perfectly and then it gets to the end and it just like it it just drops the ball really for for me yeah yeah no i i I do notice that yeah there there is a way it could have ended a lot better one thing i want to point out though is i like when christine gets crushed she she gives out a a final gust almost like uh, Mm -hmm. like she loses her breath and i also noticed that once Arnie dies, did you notice that the uh, kilometer mile? Uh, what, what do you call that? Like the yeah, the not the speedometer. The um, wow, you could tell that Jenko and I are not car enthusiasts. This <laughs> <laughs> is like, sad. Like the, the the panel that shows how many miles odometer cars driven. Oh, the odometer. odometer. Yeah, like it it goes back to zero once Arnie dies. Did you notice that? It goes down to one. Now, see, that's yeah. I was going to bring this up too because I did notice that and I was going to ask what the... Because I've seen this film twice. And mm. every time I always see that and I go, is that... So is that the connection between both of them? Because it starts off at a high number. Or is that yeah, the life force that the car has inside of it? Because oh. we see it go down to one and we never see it go to zero. And then at the end of the film... Mm. Big, big spoiler alert, the radio plays in, or, no, the, yeah. sorry, some some of Christine start, tries to start to repair itself when it's, like, cubed up. Um, yeah, like, like a bar keeps, uh, like, wiggles. Uh, like yeah, something. yeah, to, to say, like, ooh, maybe she's not dead, but... <laughs> yeah. I do like I do like that, uh, but uh, no, maybe you're right. Uh, like it, it, it seems more likable to be a life force. I almost I um, initially thought it would be like it's a connection to Arnie, where well, since he died, she goes back to zero. But but it doesn't really make sense because early on, like the, the yeah, it, it shows it going it shows it going down to throughout the film. Like every I think a couple other times. Oh okay, I, I yeah okay. I must have I must have. Uh, not have noticed that then then oh and i think it does that kind of after christine tries to repair like because christine has to repair okay. herself like freaking numerous <laughs> times she picked the wrong person to fall in love with <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> very abusive relationship <laughs> well arnie doesn't abuse her just everybody else wants to get at arnie but yeah <laughs> I think um, we said a lot about this film. Uh, how about we yeah. take it to trivia and see if we yeah. can say a little bit more? Well, we mentioned this movie was based off of a Stephen King book, but surprisingly, Stephen King's popularity was very huge at the time that that this movie went into production production before the book was even published. Oh, really? Uh, so it might have done some own uh, creative differences, which which is. Wonderful. Fine with me, yeah. I think the best Stephen King movies are always the one that have the differences between the book because, mm. oh yeah, obviously, like The Shining, exactly, and 
the, all the, the literally there's so many you could choose from that yeah. choose to be like um well, we're gonna start doing our own thing on this and then it always works out way better yeah which which becomes very apparent uh in maximum overdrive <laughs> <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> what's some more trivia there apparently keith gordon uh pretended the car was a woman so whenever he touched the car he imagined which part of a woman the car was <laughs> oh okay that's a little uh interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't do that with my car just letting you know okay well that's good <laughs> <laughs> janko doesn't own a car so he can't say anything no not yet <laughs> our, our fans could just assume that when you get a car <laughs> you know what does happen Let's not kid each other, Dennis. Who are the shitters? All of them. Oh, uh, well, Nicolas Cage auditioned for the role of Buddy. That would have been interesting. That would have been really interesting. But I could see Nicolas Cage wanting to do something like that as well. Was he really that crazy during the 80s? Like, this is a very young Nicolas Cage. Uh, yeah, but it still suits what he likes to do. Yeah, you know the I, things I that he likes yeah, to do. Absolutely. I'll say one if you don't mind. Um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So I feel really bad about this. We should probably mention as well that there's a love interest between Arnie, uh, Arnie's character. He's got, uh, he's in love with uh, Lee, who's played by Alexandra Paul, and she has a twin in real life. And I, I thought this was pretty interesting. So as a joke. Um, uh alexandra uh has a twin sister she came to the the set one day when they were filming the bulldozer scene and she's in the bulldozer with um dennis Uh, anyways so she got her twin into the hair and makeup and got her to look exactly like her character um and as a joke she just put her in the scene like just instead of her she she let her sister do the whole scene and then she uh came up behind um John Carpenter and said she thought they fired her and Carpenter later admitted that he thought there was something different about her but he couldn't put his finger on it so John Carpenter couldn't even tell that (laughs) the (laughs) actress was completely switched out yeah that that is amazing yeah but uh, that's that's basically it let's go with um yeah let's, uh, let's, let's do that let's do with the final score here so what would you give Christine after everything we talked about? I'm not trying to change your opinion or anything like that. Oh, and no, I don't no. think I, I will. <laughs> I, but I honestly don't think anything would change my opinion of this film. I, uh, yeah, I, I give it a, a five out of five. Uh, I still, I still get as much enjoyment out of it from when I did when I was a kid. Uh, the the scenes construct so well with John Carpenter's score. Many iconic scenes uh, like uh, Moochie's chase, uh, Arnie like being really like sick from the car, and yeah, it's, it's just a incredible movie to go back to now and then. Now and then, and I, I still hold it that it is my third favorite movie of all time because it is so iconic and maybe a bit obscure, but it, it it's just perfect for my mood uh, and uh, um well i i think i could say for anyone listening that you could we could tell that you like this movie a lot like <laughs> you went on not not like drones but you have a passion behind everything you said with this film mm. which i yeah. mean that's good like everybody should feel that way about some movie mm. um yeah so my final score for the film 
I originally, when I watched it, gave it three stars. Upon rewatching it and thinking about it, because some that's the thing that I, I take away with a lot of films is sometimes you'll think about a film that you watched, you, you originally scored it, and you're like, you know what? I thought about that film. I like um, same with the film There Will Be Blood by Paul Thomas Anderson. That's that's one. Oh. I walked away kind of being like, oh yeah, it was oh, it was like good, but it wasn't fantastic. And then I thought about the film a lot. I'm like, you know what? Maybe it was a lot better than I thought. Um, Christine's one of those films where I have thought about it a lot, especially with Arnie's transformation into the person he becomes at the end. It doesn't mean that I don't. Th- think the things I still think about like the ending or like the little bit of you know like this could have been done a little bit better or something like that um so I'll, I'll take that three and I'll give it a four uh I wow. I like Christine it's a it's a it's a great film I it's as clear as that and that's what my four stars is is it's a great film but I don't think Christine would ever get higher than that unfortunately for me oh, I think I mean, it's fair. it's hit his plateau at, at four stars so yeah no definitely <laughs> no but that's that's still impressive though uh i'm, I'm very happy <laughs> uh, but but yeah first impressions can be a bitch sometimes because i i oftentimes think of that same same thing like did i really like it or and as more as i think about it I, uh, it just becomes more apparent that maybe maybe it is uh, yeah but hey, that was uh, that was Christine, and this is a double feature. So let's move on to our connection. And obviously, everybody can tell that the connection is Stephen King. But we'll talk about that a little bit more after we announce that our second film is Maximum Overdrive. Dino De Laurentiis presents Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive. Anyways, Maximum Overdrive is about craziness, but what it's really about is when a comet passes close to Earth, machines all over the world come alive and go on a homicidal rampage. A group of people at a desolate truck stop are held hostage by a gang of homicidal 18-wheelers. The frightened people set out to defeat the killer machines or be killed by them. Yeah. So the connection between these two films is the fact that Stephen King wrote Christine. He didn't direct Christine and it made a great film. Stephen King wrote Maximum Overdrive and he chose to direct Maximum Overdrive. This is the only film that Stephen King has ever decided to take a gander at filmmaking wise. And it will also be his last uh, because this is the only film he's ever attempted to make. And there's really good reasons as to why. <laughs> um, so oh, we also, uh, Janko and I also want to, we wanted to do this double feature because uh, Stephen King does have a fascination with cars killing people without anyone needing to do it. He loves yeah. the automation of cars being able to kill you. you know, this is probably he probably loves being alive today knowing that Tesla cars are out there <laughs> and automated cars are just around the corner. He, every time he hears that an automated car hits someone, he probably gets super excited about it. Might might just be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, he, he it's weird. You think he'd only write 
one story about a killer car and then he's like, yeah, I could do it again. <laughs> he, did it, he did it again. He's got some weird fascination about people getting hit by cars. Yeah, this is that's the connection. Stephen King has his hands in both of these films. Both films include cars that kill people. Um, we love the idea of this double feature. We hope that everybody out there can actually do this double feature. It's actually one of my more favorite double features that we've done. I think it's yeah, really creative. It, it is. It, it is. And uh, yeah, watching them back to back, it, it will work somehow. Uh, <laughs> it will work. Uh, <laughs> let's let's start off by saying that. Um, what did you think of Maximum Overdrive, Jenko? Uh, what I initially expected it to be. <laughs> uh, I was not impressed. Like, it's... Um, where to begin, actually? <laughs> uh, it's... Um, luckily, it's not a long film, which is good. Oh, no, yeah. So that is definitely good. I, I mean, the biggest... The biggest thing about this movie is ACDC made the soundtrack. Not yeah, just, so... Not just their <laughs> songs, but also, like, the original scoring... <laughs> Which they did actually a really good job, more so because I'm not I'm not a big fan of Akadaka, but <laughs> I'm sorry, I live in New Zealand. I have to call them Akadaka. That's just the way it is. I I got to the border. They asked me how you say ACDC. I said Akadaka, and they let me in. Oh, so okay. I have oh, okay. they're yeah. they're listening all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I I I'm not a big. F- big fan of the music that they make um but they did a great job on the score uh it's like one of the biggest yeah. compliments i could probably give this film is that the score is actually <laughs> right. really cool um yeah i also love the fact that when the movie starts off and it's uh showing the like made by stephen king directed by stephen mm-hmm. king music by it doesn't just it doesn't say acdc but it, instead it just decides to put the acdc logo on the yeah, screen yeah i thought that was quite clever oh uh, um, it makes me wonder though like did acdc agree to do this but they're like look you have to have an acdc van in the movie you have to have acdc playing on the jukebox you've got to have acdc being listened to by the kid on the right ra- like acdc is everywhere in this goddamn film it's it's yeah. not only just like you hear it but it's promoted like pepsi or something like that yeah it, it does seem like uh like a product placement almost um it does it really does seem like a product placement acdc as a product placement in maximum overdrive is almost as strange as the fact that this film exists <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right the biggest problem with this movie faces is actors who are playing bad all the characters have some weird caricature and they're just loud and like it has a cool premise like who wouldn't love a a movie about all electronics going haywire and trying to take over the over the entire world mm-hmm. and like you think that sounds cool but <laughs> but not when Stephen King uh, does it. <laughs> <laughs> so Stephen King, like he's never made a movie before and it, he's a writer and it goes to show because the mm. movie starts off with like a paragraph. Yeah, It does. That's the biggest thing is like Stephen King doesn't know when to stop freaking writing. Like just open the movie. You don't have to like, you're not Star Wars. Yeah. This is not Star Wars. <laughs> So, so the, the story is actually based, very simple. It just opens up, like, right at the get-go, things start happening. 
or most of the movie takes place in this gas station where where people are holed up inside because there's a whole ring of trucks that are keeping them hostage. That's the entire plot. Excuse me, sorry. Maximum overdrive is making me bored. Um <laughs> maximum boredom uh well we should say that the lead star of this film is emilio estevez uh who is the mighty ducks guy uh he's also in repo man if anyone's seen that and um badlands and uh breakfast club i mean the people would be mad if i don't mention breakfast club uh usually a good actor but i i actually still don't have a problem with him in this film. I'm not saying... uh, See, this is the way I look at it. Stephen King, he's not a filmmaker. He directed poorly for a lot of these characters. But I think Emilio is actually a a good enough actor to know, to be like, eh, piss off Stephen King. Like, I know what to do with this role. And I feel like he kind of did the best he could without having a real director behind the, behind the helm. Um, I, I really didn't have much of a problem with him at all, but everybody else more or less I did though. I will say that the first character I recognized was Frankie, uh, Fasten or Faison. He, before, before anyone else, I recognized him. Yeah. He's in like coming to America, do the right thing. Um, white chicks and all all that stuff. He's the oh, guy who's yeah. driving the um, big toy truck. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. He's the first one I recognize. He also does fine too because he's a professional actor as well. But everybody else is just all over the place. Especially, oh my god, especially the married couple guy. Like he's oh yeah. Like what what is up with that character? They're like uh, they look like twelve year olds. Like. <laughs> This is the problem with Stephen King is like his books. He likes to write in these characters who are just like stereotypical of where they come from. And like, they're just a a characterized version of some people, you know, in real life. But the problem is you don't really want to see that on film because it's like, it's just in a comedy. You're trying to make a horror film. He just does everything bizarrely. It's so goddamn bizarre. And the fact that Stephen King has never watched The Shining before just pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, did, didn't he just make his own Shining version uh, to in spite of uh, Kubrick? Well, <laughs> well, you know what? I don't even know. Should we really explain the plot? Because, I, I mean, we explained what the movie is in a summary, but there's not much, like... I mean, I don't know if I really want to uh, go in detail about it. No, uh, but it's w- not really a, a, such a deep movie where it's a, a selection of scenes where it shows the machines going haywire and um, you have the gas station. Well, that's that's what I really wanted to talk about. Is so this is a horror movie technically. I mean, I could yeah. look up the genre right now. It's a science fiction horror action, which uh, yeah, yeah, okay, fair, but. It's horror element is done super strange. It does it mm. all at the start. And then yeah. nothing else at the, like hardly anything at the middle or end. Um, most, a, a majority of it is at the start. Why the machines are there and why they act the way they do, not explained. Um, no. The main character, 
uh, Bobby or Emilio's character takes a guess when he's like really, really worn down and gets it right. Yeah. Which is so strange. He's just like in a feverish fit because he's been out in the sun all day. He's like, they're just brooms. And then at the end, you're just like, oh, okay, they were just brooms getting ready for this giant alien thing. I'm I'm yeah. really all over the place with this uh, description That's right now. This entire movie is all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it's... Here's the part that really gets me. It's not a terrible film. You know what I mean? No, like, there's no. way worse films out there. And yeah. some of the cinematography wasn't even that bad, honestly. It was... Yeah, I, I took a note of that as well, uh, because I was surprised that there were actually a lot of decent shots in this. But it, yeah, it, I it, really it, thought it's quickly ruined by some stupid uh, decision. Like, uh, <clears throat> for instance, like when the kid is cycling through the through the suburbs and like the sprinklers start uh, shooting up behind him, I, I thought that was a really good scene, and uh, like when when the camera pans to like the dead bodies, I also found that really good shots, but, mm -hmm. and then it just gets ruined by bad acting. Well, you want to, yeah, a lot of bad acting. I don't even know if I could really go on one of the, Oh, we could probably mention the one actor who just gets so intolerable <laughs> after a while is, um, the diner, the diner waitress. No. Well, she, she is annoying as well after a while, but no, I was going to say the newlywed, um, her name's Connie. Oh, yeah. Uh, your oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeardley Smith is the actress's name. I don't know. It was probably Stephen King telling her to act that way, but oh my god, <laughs> she's like an annoying little tick in your ear. You just wanted her to shut up so bad. Just because it's like yeah. just the tone of her voice is so high pitched. It was like, oh, just stop, please. <laughs> um, but I really wanted to dis dissect with you the invasion. So the invasion of this movie is the. Um, the comet's passing Earth. It's making all the electronics go sentient and wanting to kill humans. Um, this is the thing I don't understand. A lot of the killers are the vehicles because that makes sense. Yeah. So, a lot of people got killed by their Walkman, by the cord being wrapped around their head. Fine. Yeah, that doesn't, I, that doesn't make any sense. Like I'm okay with that. I'm, like that. I'm okay with that, actually. The part that confuses me the most is in that truck stop, there's, in the basement, it's full of artillery because the owner just is a weird nut and he has all this gun stuff. Yeah. There's sentience on the gun car that comes up to the, the, the truck stop, but none yeah. of their guns are sentient. And I mean, they're not electronic, but no, neither, it sense. neither is the gun that's on the back of that car. Yeah, it's just is, held on there by a bolt. Yeah, how is even that cart pulling itself? Because it's just a wooden cart. No, it's not actually. It's an electronic. It's an actual vehicle. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, it is a vehicle. The, the, the my biggest thing. So there is electronics there, but my biggest thing is the fact that there's no electronics connected to the the gun. Yeah. It's just that's strange to me. You could argue like, that it's connected to the car and just shut up about it. Probably. But but, but in the same sense. The the whole movie's electronic ca catastrophe. It's not nothing in my house because that's uh, that's one thing I did when I was watching this movie. I looked around my house thinking like, what would kill me if everything just came to life? <laughs> and I looked, and I was like, there's nothing here that would kill me. Like my computers, my 
TV, none of that stuff is going to do anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I don't really understand. Like maybe my phone could self-destruct, I guess. Yeah. That hurt. I don't, <laughs> but nothing would like, kill me. Like the kitchen appliances could go haywire. I guess my the, the fridge could stove. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, I guess my TV could, but none of that stuff. I don't know. It's very loose. Yeah, yeah, because it's not like they can hurl themselves across the room. <laughs> why did Stephen uh, King decide to do this, though? Out of all yeah. of the things he could think of, why did he think, I'm going to start with this? Yeah, it makes no sense. Like, he, he could have easily directed many more of his his works. I mean, I, I guess we'll, we'll have to be glad that he didn't. So here's one thing I kind of wanted to do before we did this podcast but obviously we uh, i'm strapped for time and um i didn't tell this to janko but i kind of neither of us have watched the mist and i feel like the plot to this not not entirely but the fact that they're trapped in this location something that he's done before i wonder i just i would love to know the similarities between like what that what that's like you know yeah right yeah because it's the only comparable thing that he's written Apart from, like, you know, take out the aspect of the killer electronics, where the plot centers around this, like, location where everybody's trapped. Because a, a lot of the film is just in this truck stop, and uh, they, yeah. they're stuck there because these 18-wheelers are circling the whole property, just waiting for them to step out. And the only reason they, they're not crashing inside, which is a whole other plot hole, which doesn't make sense, is apparently the cars know that if they crash inside, they'll crash into the basement and make themselves useless and they don't want to do that but they end up doing it anyways yeah which is the strangest thing it's like why that doesn't make sense like it just you completely wrote out your own reason as to why they would not crash into the building yeah because they initially wanted them to fill fill gas for them right that is that is another reason yeah Mm. but yeah it's because strange. I was, I was thinking that same too. Like, like couldn't they just right away just smash through the, the building diner? Yeah. Or why? Why? <laughs> why couldn't one of the trucks Morse code to them what they wanted before? Yeah, yeah. Because was this was a day two when they finally sent the Morse code or something? Yeah. And it's yeah, just gets. And also it gets vaguely explained that it's because a comet is passing by that's causing this to happen. And, mm-hmm. and the end doesn't make any sense. Uh, like the end paragraph. like Yeah, we'll talk about the ending later around when we're finished yeah. with this. I'm not quite <laughs> done with this yet, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, that, you know what? I'll, I will give credit where credit's due is that a lot of... I'd love to know what the production budget was on this because there was a lot uh, put into blowing up these big wheelers. And um, I actually really enjoyed watching these cars move by themselves. I thought that was an interesting. Uh, yeah. That was yeah. I thought that was really, really cool to watch. Anything else you really want to bring up with this movie? Should we, we should probably talk about uh, the uh, one of the other actresses, which is Brett, um, the love oh, interest yeah. in the film. Yeah. Uh, the, who is runaway or she's just hitchhiking yeah, to right. somewhere i can't remember exactly where she's going but 
such an unnecessary love interest too like it's like why would they hook up together <laughs> since they're stuck yeah they the truck stop they get together really really quickly honestly i'm I, this just rethinking about the goddamn plot is breaking my brain in half because i'll think of something and i'll be like oh that's why and then you'll mention something and i'll be like no that doesn't yeah. make sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right uh, um I, yeah i i guess one thing i appreciate with this film is how surprisingly bloody it is because i didn't expect that yeah well what the biggest shock is the fact that stephen king just straight up showed a kid getting run over by a <laughs> freaking flattening uh roller i thought that was a pretty cool scene <laughs> i knew you would <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, uh, I mean, we should sometime watch "Beware Children at Play" because, like, uh, it ends with like adults straight up shotgunning people, uh, shotgunning children because they've gone crazy. Well, I mean, it's been done before, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. As a person with kids, I'm not really versed. That's <laughs> eh, fine. It's a movie, but let's get back to the <laughs> maximum overdrive because it's. Uh, it's tired me the heck out, man. Mm. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good enough movie to watch alongside friends, have a good time, have a laugh. But yeah, and it's good to watch within the double feature of just seeing how Stephen King could write one um, killer car film and then have someone else do the movie of it and then yeah. Stephen King write another sort of killer car film. I I, mm. I think it's a killer car film. And yeah, then definitely like like the semi trucks would take most place of most the film, of the so film, yeah. Um I mean, Green Goblin is the bad guy in this film. So <laughs> Yeah, that's another strange thing is the fact that I don't know if the truck was pre made or what, but that's that's Green Goblin. Like what the heck? Yeah. Why is Green Goblin on the front of that truck? It doesn't even make sense. Doesn't make sense, but it is a pretty cool decision. It's a cool truck. I'd love to yeah. know what happened to that truck. Unless <laughs> yeah. it really did get destroyed, I'm not sure. Because it does get shot in the end. Such a yeah, right. anticlimactic, like uh, once again, same with like the the because the you're you're assuming that the green goblin truck's like the leader, mm, right? And it uh, just anticlimactic gets blown up, and that's it the end yeah that's right <laughs> like really quick too it's just like oh yeah kill him all right done <laughs> maybe they're so. like uh, maybe it's more like they're uh, like a, a unison of mind like uh, a hive mind sort all, of situation yeah like they're all almost connected well they have to be because they usher in that car with the machine gun on the, the back the turret on the yeah. back and then uh they also get the bulldozer right mm. i believe yeah that's right yeah and it, like there's no way they'd be communicating with each other other than hive mm, mind i like, think we're thinking yeah, about this film way too critical <laughs> probably and they're also sending all those trucks to get filled with gas as well so they're probably yes a call yeah so many trucks so <laughs> sorry we skipped over so much but basically they're stuck in this truck stop they have to figure out a way out they figure out a way out by crawling through poop and they get on a boat and the end yeah. That, I'm not even kidding. You think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding. That's the end. No. 
and uh, um, it just and then wraps up by text. Yeah, another text. And so it starts with text like, and it wraps up with text. I don't understand what that paragraph is trying to say. Like, it, I think it was supposed comet, to be funny. Yeah, like the, the comet is passing a satellite and then it causes nuclear detonations. And no, then, no. So what happened? What happened? You might have misread it. So what happened? What it says is that the a UFO does appear. So that's what I mean by the sweeper okay. thing. A big uh, UFO appears uh, just above Earth, and a Russian satellite that apparently is equipped with high tech laser equipment, oh, bla- okay. like destroys it, and then um, after the seven days, the comet fades away. Um, and that's it. That's oh. all it wraps up with. The part I don't understand is why it was Russian and why yeah. it was like, quote unquote, apparently this Russian satellite that wasn't fit for arms had a giant laser on it. Like, I think it was supposed to be a joke, but in the same sense, you're okay. just like, okay, I never, yeah. You know, what I took from that is that the satellite was also sentient. And <laughs> that, uh, but, no, uh, it, it was just the earth using like Russia. I don't know. It was, Okay. The film's it's not that great. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not that deep. Uh, um, I'll go into trivia if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I just realized now that we kind of switched uh, the trivia. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's okay. Um, but here, here's a good one. When asked why uh, he, uh, Stephen King hasn't directed another movie, his response was just watch Maximum Overdrive. So at least he's self-aware. <laughs> Yeah, that's that good, at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, Stephen King, being a former cocaine addict, later admitted that he was coked out of his mind the entire time he was making this picture and often didn't know what he was doing. Uh, he remarked that he'd like to try directing again now that he's sober, but in the same sense, he's he's not a filmmaker. He's a writer. No. I think yeah. in this case, I think maybe Stephen King should probably stick to his own also, lane. Also, you could add to that trivia that George Romero ghost-directed um, this movie while he was in rehab or trying to oh. get sober. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> Maybe? I feel like... Is that just a rumor, though? No, I just I just read it a bit down on the trivia, trivia site. Okay. <sighs> but I feel like the film would be better. But it would oh, make yeah. sense yeah. as to why it, it was competently shot and stuff like that. Possibly, yeah. That's really interesting trivia. Like we can go on to that for forever. But I, I, it's <laughs> it's one of those things you hear and you just think about it. You're just like, was it? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's more of a rumor. I'd love to know it might, if there's might, more might about as well that. Be, like, yeah. Do you have any um, trivia? Well, about a year after the movie was released, uh, the Green Goblin truck was taken to a silent Rick's towing and uh, salvage in uh, Wilmington, New York, or NC, I guess that's New York County. The jaw, lower teeth, tongue, and tops of the ears were gone, and what was left was burnt uh, severely. So John Allison of Washington, yada, 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 saw it there and purchased it. He later had to sell it. And uh, Tim Shockley of Pick, uh, Picton, Ohio, purchased it in like the 80s. And then uh, Tim displayed it in a video store. And hmm. just 
I only wanted to read this trivia because it does show that it's had its um like because I, I I did want to know where yeah. the hell that truck went so that's yeah, kind of where it went cool. and I guess it's gone to different uh he's he's been restoring the head and it's gone to different uh conventions around yeah. America and stuff like that so yeah, that's interesting. Also, uh, Stephen King later called this a moron movie, so he's definitely self-aware. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you could definitely shut off your brain on this movie and be like, "Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this stuff's still trying to kill him," and <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think that's enough for trivia. Let's go to final score. I want you to do yours because I'm too chicken shit to say what mine is right now. Yeah. Uh, no, I I got a lot of gripes with this film. Uh, I find the acting is not redeemable in any way. There's no excuse for being such poor acted, ac- acting. When she shouts, we made you! Yeah, well, uh, oh, I hated that. The newlyweds, they can just fuck off. Uh, yeah. What I found cool was the opening... Like how things escalate. ACDC part, Akadaka part was cool. Uh, <laughs> but still, there's just so much bullshit piled into this movie that it's just, why? Why did they do this? Oh, and uh, there's just no redeemable satisfaction I get with this movie, especially because it's just ended so lazily. Uh, like, there's cool moments that get interrupted by just horrible plot. Uh, and I. I I just, I give this two and a half. It's it's an average movie that you should just watch with friends if you want a good time, but not anything deep wordy or memorable about it. That's way higher than what I thought. Like out of everything oh. you were just saying, that didn't don't translate to two and a half for me. I thought you were gonna go with like one or something like oh. that. <laughs> like it's it's not that bad, but it's still I... bad enough for me to say it's average. Yeah, I think for me, um, I actually agree with a lot of what you said. Um, take in mind that there was some cool like explosions and stuff like that. And I mean, thinking about the film on a dumb level, like just it's dumb. Uh, those yeah. things are nice to see when they're done correctly. And it's mm-hmm. nice to see um, a bit of a bit of love and care when it comes to like making unique props and stuff like that. Uh, and yes. the destruction of like a whole truck stop and what have you, that is me trying to give compliments to this film the best yeah. I can. Everything else about this film is just like, it's just confusing. It's just place like un uh, untapped, like potential in uh, actors um, that just isn't utilized correctly because uh, poor direction. And I have to imagine whatever was going on with Stephen King uh, with his cocaine addiction and stuff like that at the time, it just did not translate as a good set environment. Really, maybe. And really shows in this film. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, but for me... Oh, this ATM I, called me an asshole. <laughs> for me, this... And that's another thing I don't understand too. Like the film starts off with one of those text... Uh, old school text machines over a building and it obviously <laughs> gets corrupted you, and it just says you. fuck yeah it just says fuck you and you're just like what like what I don't because there's no why does it have this personality if these machines are just here to clear out the earth before the aliens come around like what yeah, it doesn't make sense 
I guess I I think Stephen King just wanted to make a really fun like popcorn yeah. film. And you know what? Okay, you did it, but you didn't you did you pick a lane. Like you're either doing horror or you're not or you're doing a horror comedy, but at least make it funny, you know? It's like it just mm-hmm. saying the word f u on a screen. That's the I'm sorry Stephen King, but is I'm not in high school anymore and that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me concerned, but he was on cocaine, so um yeah, no, I I thought about giving this a one star, but there's a couple things. I think I'm gonna go with one and a half, which is bad. It's okay. a it's a bad film. Um but yeah, that's that's it for this episode basically. Um I'm actually surprised mine is higher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was surprised about that a lot too. Maybe I um, should kick it down a notch. Maybe I should give it a two. Didn't you just say two? Two, oh two no, you said two and a half. Percent. That's right. Yeah. yeah, but applying to what you said, uh, yeah, yeah, screw this film. I'll give it a two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'll stick with the half, and you stick with the two. All right, that's good. Um, yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed this double feature. I was looking forward to this a lot. I know uh, Janko was looking forward to this a lot oh, as well. Definitely. And uh, we're really excited to do next month's. Uh, we've got a poll, I believe, still going. Well, it would, it would, it's, pro- it's probably over now by the time you guys hear this, but uh, you'll be deciding our next um, double feature that we've got planned ahead. Um, yes. So in saying that, don't forget to subscribe uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts uh, so you don't miss an episode of our show. Um, you can find us on everything like Spotify, uh, Google, Apple, you name it. We're, we're probably on there. Um, if we're not, just let us know on our Twitter, uh, which is just critically optimistic. You can search for it and you'll find us right away. That's the best way to get a hold of us as well, too. Uh, don't forget that we've got a new show that's running in tandem with two new shows, which is critically optimistic. I'm new forgetting impressions and new impressions new and opinions. New opinions. That's right. Thank you, Janko. And yep. uh, next month, we've got our new opinions coming out, which we're going to be talking about um, the right, uh, the scoring, like how people rate films, critics specifically. And we're just going to take a look at that and maybe the system. We might find that the system's like a little flawed or it's not flawed. Mm. I, I've been wanting to talk about that for a long time. So No, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. We hope you guys had a lot of fun with this. And until then, we'll catch you later. Yeah, bye.